views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Rocco's are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. The following sound advice program was paid for by Eagle Rock Nutrition. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the staff, management, and advertisers of WMTR. It is always advisable to consult a professional before making a major medical decision. Time now for Eat Right with Laura. Here's Dr. Laura Rocco's. Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. My name is Laura Rocco's, and I am the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. Uh, we have a really good show tonight. Today's show is about the causes of fibromyalgia and chronic pain. And I have to say that when I started my healthcare practice, I was so surprised and did not anticipate just how common an occurrence fibromyalgia can be. I would say in my early days, um, you know, several patients per week would come in to um, discuss their uh, management of fibromyalgia. So I had to learn really quick the causes of this chronic condition and what to do about it. Um, so this has been part of my wheelhouse for the last couple of years, but today, as an added incentive to get you all to listen to the end of the show, I have a co-host today, um, the lovely good friend of mine, Dixie Lincoln Nichols. Uh, she's just a lovely person, totally non-toxic, and she is like me. She is also a scientist with a background in chemistry, and one of her areas of expertise is in detoxification. So I thought she'd be a great partner to have on the show with me. And um, I haven't had anybody in in a couple of weeks, so it's kind of nice to uh, let's have a nice little banter. Let's have a nice little conversation going back and forth. All right. So I just wanted to just, you know, introduce the topic by just starting out by saying that when you have fibromyalgia, which manifests as Chronic pain. One of the ways it was described to me as an acronym was this is the FLC disease. So what does FLC disease stand for? It stands for feels like crap, right? Because that's certainly what everyone tells me they feel like. And um, in some cases, in some cases, um, you know, it doesn't always affect um, in, in the same way. And also, it's an equal opportunity disease. I, I have definitely have more women that are affected by fibromyalgia than men, but I certainly have um, some men who are affected by chronic pain and fibromyalgia. I had one patient who um, the pain was in his mouth. You know, it was all over his body, but very pronounced in his mouth and the back of his mouth and it didn't have anything to do with his dental hygiene um, you know he had a surg- surgical procedure on his jaw which just made it worse so I will say that the major cause of chronic pain and fibromyalgia has to do with toxins in the body and the levels of toxins that are in your body have to really do with your lifestyle, the diet, your environment, the air you breathe the toxins they're exposed to the toxins that are in water, you know, I just want you all to know, just keep this one thing in mind that whenever we take medicine, you know, and we excrete them into our waters, you know, our waters are now contaminated with all of the metabolites from the medicines that you're taking and you know, the, that, you know, the fish are in the water and the fish are, and the plankton and all the other water animals are consuming these metabolites and then you're eating the fish. So you're actually getting these toxins from a variety of ways. And where did the toxins accumulate? The toxins don't leave your body until they're cleared by your liver. All right. So if you have a healthy liver, you will have a lower toxic burden, right? But if you don't have a healthy liver, you'll tend to have a higher toxic burden. So how do how does our liver get rid of these toxins? Well, you know, anything that comes into your body, so I'm going to give you a new word today, uh, anything that comes into your body, even if it's water, is called a xenobiotic. 
a xenobiotic begins with the letter X, not the letter Z. All right. And all right. If these xenobiotics are water soluble, you will just pee them out. You'll just excrete them in your urine. All right. So no big deal. But most xenobiotics are not water-soluble. They accumulate in your tissues. They are fat-soluble. They are fat-loving chemicals, and they hide in the tissues of your body. And you cannot remove them until your liver chemically converts them to something that is water-soluble so that they can leave your body. All right? So... You really need to be acutely aware of what what is coming into your body. And if you're just not feeling quite right, you know, you may want to consider doing a detoxification. So we have Dixie on the line, and I'm going to introduce her. So we'll let her introduce herself and who she is, a little bit about her background. And then we'll just kind of pick her brain um, because she is one of the experts on detoxification. So, hello. MK, is Dixie on the line? Yes. Oh, hi. Uh, welcome, Dixie. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. Um, so, let's just start. Why don't you know everybody, all the listeners, they know a lot about me, but they don't really know anything about you. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became an expert in detoxification? Okay, great. Well, first of all, Laura, thank you so much for having me. Good evening to you listeners. I appreciate being here. Uh, I started my background, well, my background is in biological science. I studied biological science and chemistry and was a 12th grade biochemistry and health teacher for 14 years. And after leaving that, I went on to the School of Integrative Nutrition, where I became a health and wellness coach. And I also studied at the School of uh, Natural Medicine in the UK and earned my certificate as a detox specialist. So through my IIN teachings and through my IIN affiliations, I decided to focus my attention on helping women to learn the importance and the beauty of detoxing their livers their liver because there is so much that detoxification can do for your body and because of the very toxic environment that we live in we find that so many people are living with very congested liver and we need to really support that through the foods that we eat and the lifestyle that we practice so do you find that um levels of of you know toxic exposure differs in different communities like if you were trained in the uk did you find that symptoms there were higher or lower than symptoms here in the united states and even within the united states do we have regions that are higher or lower in toxic burden well, it's absolutely lower in the UK, and that's simply because they put a very huge emphasis on quality control. They monitor the ingredients, and they monitor pesticides, and they, they monitor their, their, their food, and anything that goes into the body, uh, medications, and even skincare products are monitored very closely for ingredient content, and they're very strict, whereas the United States tend to be a lot more lax. And there aren't a lot of laws that prevent very harmful and toxic ingredients from getting into the body. So you find that there, uh, people can use the word organic, but it means that their product has to be organic and their ingredients has to be organically sourced, whereas the word organic here is used so loosely. You can have two organically uh, derived product in, let's just say, a bath and body product, and you can slap the organic label on that product, and whereas the rest of the ingredients is not organic, but you're still passing off the product as an organic product. How ironic yeah. that you're saying this, because I was... I I wasn't going to say this at this very moment, but it's the next thing that I was going to say that our centers for the for disease control, the CDC in the United States, right, 
You know, so here you are telling us the heroic efforts that they make in the UK to ensure um, products, bath and beauty products, are clean and organic. The CDC tested 212 chemicals that are, you know, typically found in in products that Americans are exposed to. So they tested 212 chemicals, right? And found all of them, all 212 in both the blood and the urine of almost everyone that they used, that volunteered to have their blood and urine tested. Right. And, and in spite of finding all those chemicals, we're still not really using any heroic efforts to ensure the safety of, you know, consumer products. To the extent that they do in Europe and in the UK. Yeah, and that's so unbelievable to me. But I think it's going to take consumer action, and we have a lot of you know growing concerns in the community, in the consumer community, and there are some really great watchdog uh, organizations that are popping up and really making this a priority. So, for example, the Environmental Working Group. If you've never heard of them and you want to dive deep into uh, clean products and toxic-free lifestyle, you check them out. It's the Environmental Working Group, and they can list for you the hundreds, hundreds of products that are found in either foods or our skincare products that are not monitored by the uh, FDA even, right? And so every week there is passing, well, signing petitions and sending out petitions for people to sign so that they can get tougher laws passed when it comes to uh, ingredients that are getting into our products that should not be there that are sometimes carcinogen. I mean, formaldehyde. Think about it. Why are there formaldehyde-producing ingredients within our skincare products? But it's okay because there has been no standard and there has been no laws by the FDA to keep them out of our beauty products. And our children, mind you, Johnson & Johnson up until a few years ago had formaldehyde-releasing ingredients in their baby uh, wash. Unbelievable. So what can you tell us just about water alone, like, you know, water across different communities? And um, how do we ensure that, you know, a, a very basic right is to, you know, access to clean water? And that's been quite the controversial topic in the last couple of years with uh, the lead levels in water across all these schools and whatnot. Um, so since since the exposure, uh, since since. The, we have now reported the reports of heavy metals in waters. Has anything changed? Nothing has changed. Where I mean, if you were to measure levels now as opposed to levels 10 years ago, you will find that they are absolutely consistent. Uh, the blood levels in children are just about the same, and I would go further to say that they're probably higher because not much is being done. And you know, the thing is, People have to start becoming proactive, and it means getting going out and getting themselves proper water filtration systems in their homes, and just not just the ones that you put on the tap, but the ones that you can attach to your water system so that it can go throughout your house if you're able to. And if that's not something that you can do, then there are lots of really great. Uh, filtration systems that you can get to put right on underneath your sink to have cleaner water come out. And I feel like it's going to take time. It's going to take the effort of a whole lot of people. The consumer's voice is absolutely important in this. And so when everybody gets together and raise their voices and amplify this concern and take it to Congress and take it you know, as far as they need to, we'll begin to see change. But I feel like there's not enough concern about it. There is concern, but there's not enough action. You know, ironically, on this topic, 
Um, when I was when I was at, you know a, a college student, like in 1982, about. Um, so I had to take an engineering class for my food science major, and one of the tours we used to what we used to do for this engineering class is we would tour a variety of companies. Um, they're like pilot plants. We would tour the pilot plants, and they would show us everything that they do to run the show. So one of the the tours that we went on was a water purification plant. And so this was what this is the you know 35 years ago or more, right? 35 years ago or more, where. I really thought they were pulling out all the stops to make the water, the, the quality of the water in New Brunswick exceptional, right? And I feel like that the heroic efforts that they made at that time must have dwindled because I did think that the water was clean back then. And somehow over the years, you know, do we decide that it's just too too inexpensive uh, effort to ensure the cleanliness of the water? So let's try to move. Let's let's move on from from water. So other sources of uh, you know toxins are uh, beauty yeah. products. Uh, what about foods? Like when you were you know in the in the throes of studying your detoxification, what would you say that the top uh, contributors to toxins in the food chain were? Oh, my gosh. Well, there are so many toxins, first of all, and and we've got endogenous ones, we've got exogenous ones, uh, we've got environmental ones, food toxins. There are, um, again, the EWG, which I totally love, so you'll probably hear me repeat this name over and over, uh, really monitors the toxic levels of the foods that we consume. And they've got this amazing uh, little resource that I go to a lot. What is the, or, what is the uh, organization, the acronym? It's the EWG, and it uh, stands for Environmental Working Group. Yeah. And environmental Working Group. Thank you. Environmental Working Group. And so basically what they're finding is that so many of the the foods that we consume are laden with toxins. For example, they, they put out the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. And basically what it does is it tells you what are the dirtiest foods that we eat, the dirtiest produce that we buy, meaning the ones that have the most pesticides in them. So they do this report every single year. And then they tell you the ones that are clean, so the ones that you don't really have to go out and buy. So, so do the li- does the list change every year, or is it basically the same? It's been quite steady for the past four years, I would say. And the one, and I, I know a lot of people love strawberries like I do. I absolutely love strawberries. And for the last few years, they've been in the top three in terms of the dirtiest. This year it came in as the dirtiest. They found nerve gases in strawberries. Imagine that a nerve gas that was used in World War II is being used as a pesticide, and that's on our strawberries. And and not the organic kind, the non-organic. We hope that when we buy organic, we're getting absolutely clean produce. But this is the concern, and this is it's carcinogenic, and it can cause cellular mutations and eventually cancer in the body. Do you mind if and I read the list? I'm actually how ironic. Like you keep, you keep every time you. Bring up a new topic. I'm on it. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm like, right on it. So, so the, here's the dirty dozen. So, for all my yes. listeners who are taking notes, because they do, they, and then they subsequently oh, tell oh, me that yeah. I talk too fast. All right, here's the dirty dozen. Number one is celery. Number two is peaches. Number three is strawberries, just like you said. Number three is strawberries. Number four is apples. Number five is blueberries. Number six, I should slow down like I do with my students, but no, nobody ever told me that I'm talking too fast. Number six is nectarines. Number seven is bell peppers. Number eight is spinach. Number nine is cherries. Number 10 is kale and collard greens. Number 11 is potatoes. And number 12 are grapes that tend to be imported. Um, but the good news here is 
I have about at least half of these things. I have celery. I have yeah, strawberries. Yeah, yeah. I have bell peppers, spinach, kale, and collards growing in my garden in my office. So when you come into the office, you will leave with completely organic unadulterated, no treated with nothing, nothing, not even awesome. sitting in dirt, all these things. So awesome. strawberries and wow, that's that's quite the bummer. <laughs> yeah, but I have a question. Is your list this year, in 2007, because the list I have is slightly different and it's a 2017 list. So yeah. if you want, I can read that for your listeners. Yes, read the 2017 list. Because I, I okay. always thought, like, this list's got to be changing because what farmer is going to want to, what strawberry farmer is going to want to think the whole world thinks their strawberries are toxic? Exactly. Well, this is the 2017 list, and I'm going to read from most toxic to least toxic. So number one, strawberries. Number two, spinach. Number three, nectarines. Number four, apples. Number five, peaches. Number six, pears. Number seven, cherries. Eight, grapes. Nine, celery. Ten, tomatoes. Eleven, sweet bell peppers. And twelve, potatoes. So as you can see, a lot of them the same. They tend to move on the list here and there, but they're quite consistent more than they're not. Yeah, and I'll remind you, we, we both mentioned spinach. And remember that terrible, the E. coli outbreak on the spinach? Yeah. So if, yeah. if not yeah. if not toxins from herbicides and pesticides, you know, spinach is ripe for uh, pathogenic, you know, contamination. Absolutely, absolutely. Hence the reason it's really important to... Purchase these foods organic, and even when you purchase them organically, it's still best to clean them and uh, use vinegar and water. That's how I clean my uh, vegetables and fruit. I put uh, a cup of vinegar and a half a cup, sorry, a cup of water and a half a cup of vinegar, and I wash them just to make sure that they're clean from any kind of toxins. Right. You know, I just wanted to uh, share this anecdote with my audience. One of my patients came to me because she was recovering from an E. coli infection from spinach that went to her heart and caused a tachycardia. And now, like, after that incident, she became sensitized to lots of food and she became sensitized to certain foods. So had a really weird intolerance that a certain foods uh, cause her heart to race. Oh, wow. Ever since so she does had, she now suffer from arrhythmia? Yes, ever since wow. she had that E. coli infection. So she got it from the spinach, it infected her heart, and now she has all these sensitivities. Right, right. And I, I think it's really important to just say to the, uh, your listeners that it really is not hype. A lot of people say that it's hype and they look at people who, like, uh, you know, the EWGS fanatics, but they really aren't. It's, it's a movement and it's gaining momentum because people are beginning to realize the effects that all of these toxins have on the body, can potentially have on the body. And I want you to think about this. We are all biologically unique and no two people are alike. So you may look at your grandfather who ate a lot of the foods that he ate that was laden with pesticides and nothing happened to him. But keep in mind that you're not your grandfather and you are built up very differently and you never know when something might affect you. So I always say prevention is better than cure. Great. So so you really brought up some compelling points about a produce. What about you know, animals and hormones and antibiotics. Um, what, you know, what were you thinking about when you were studying detoxification regarding livestock? Well, of course, the growth hormones and the antibiotics, all of that was a huge concern. Um, the thing is, when they feed the inappropriate, I call them inappropriate ingredients to animals, they get into their bloodstream and they're passed on to us. And 
we know if they're causing harm to the animal, then they're obviously going to cause harm to us. So when I started my detoxification training, it was all about really understanding how strengthening and supporting our detoxification system can work in favor of strengthening and helping and supporting our human body. And of course, uh, toxins don't only come from animals and they don't only come from the environment, but they also come, they're also bacteria that are considered toxins, like the E. coli you just mentioned. Um, there's salmonella and shigella and yeast, right? And so, again, this is an agent, this is an agency that's not monitored. The FDA, again, does not monitor the use of antibiotics and human growth hormones in our food supply. And it's passing on to our children and it's being passed on to us. Women are complaining about hormonal fluctuations, uh, high estrogen levels, um, and, and do you think that this is related to the earlier, um, the earlier cycling of young girls and menarche starting sooner than, you know, now we have, you know, it's common to see this starting in eight and nine year old girls as opposed I to 13. Absolutely. I mean, the whole point of human growth hormone is to accelerate growth. And accelerating growth means that you are accelerating uh, the estrogen and the, the puberty process. And so you see girls as early as seven years old who are having their menstruation. They don't understand psychologically what's going on. They don't even understand biologically what's going on, but they have to deal with this because it's something that is present and cannot be ignored. So you see young girls from a very early age who are overweight and who are obese because of high levels of estrogen in the body. So it is absolutely causing a right. problem. Because so Dixie, then- can you take a call right now? Absolutely. All right. So we have, uh, we have someone on another line. I'm going to try not to drop you. Uh, my wing (laughs) gal on K gave me a little tutorial to make sure I don't drop the calls. Well, let's see if if this works. Hey, welcome to you right with Laura. Hi, Dr. Laura. Uh, Listening to your guest who sounds great and very knowledgeable. I guess I'm going to stop feeding and eating the grapes to shop, right? <laughs> Maybe, but come visit me in my office and I'll show you how to grow almost all of those crops yourself. So easy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I'm serious. Like, I like to, my wife goes and does the shopping. I kind of hang out in that fruit, fruit section. Should I stop eating the grapes that are there because of all those things you're talking about with pesticides or whatever? Well, Dixie, what do you recommend to Jonathan? I say yes. I say you know, the less you have of toxins in your body, the less toxins you have in your body, the more healthy you will feel, the healthier your hormones will be, the healthier your blood will be, the healthier your liver will be. And so if you can afford to, absolutely. Now, I know for some people it's a lot and it's a mouthful, and they think, oh, how am I going to stop everything all at once? Well, you don't have to. I would start with the 12 on this list. There are lots more, and there are toxins in our cupboards and in our laundry room. But I will start. I would start with the ones that you put into your mouth that goes into your body, and that can go into your bloodstream really quickly. So the so the bottom line is organic for grapes. If you like your grapes yeah. organic, and I just want to say something about grapes. We've yeah. been eating grapes since the beginning of time. They have a lot of antioxidants in them. So uh, I would definitely, you know, say it, it would be a pity for you to not want to eat them because you think that they're contaminated. But if you can find the ones that are organic, they'll, you know, you'll have the benefit from them being a functional food and they'll be clean so you're not getting extra herbicides and pesticides. Right, and another thing, if you if you do if you buy them, if you buy the grapes that are not organic, just do like I mentioned earlier, wash them in vinegar and water. And if you do buy apples that are not organic, instead of eating them with the skin, you wash them and then you peel them. So the chances of you getting them into your body is much less. Great, thanks and, so much. Yeah. All right, thanks, Wait, Jonathan. Can I ask one more question. Yeah, you got a minute. None of these, none of these type of things, from a food standpoint, none of it can give you like sepsis or anything, could it? Yes, it no. can, and it does. Some of the foods that are contaminated, some, if it's contaminated with a pathogenic bacteria, it will give you. Right. The herbicides and the pesticides are not going to give you sepsis, but right. if they're contaminated with a pathogenic bacteria, they will absolutely can give you sepsis, yes. Right. In that and way, you only yes, got 30 absolutely. minutes to take care of that. <laughs>
Yeah. Well, if it's clean, if it's clean, it's fine. This is why they promote organic as opposed to non-organic, right? And again, even when you buy organic, you still want to wash and clean your fruit because remember, human hands are touching, and so you, you want to uh, be safe. All right. Thank you for okay, that great. advice. Thanks, 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 for my call. thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. And thanks for that advice, Dixie. We're going to take a break now. And when we come back, let's talk about uh, what the detoxification process is. Absolutely. Paleo, gluten-free, ketogenic, eating for your blood type, and the list goes on and on. There are millions of fad diets out there, but what really works? Did you ever consider consulting an actual doctor? That's why you need Dr. L. Dr. Laura Rocos at Eagle Rock Nutrition is a food scientist with over 30 years of experience helping people improve their health. Eagle Rock Nutrition is a healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. She will help you use diet and exercise to improve your overall health and fight disease. Conditions that may be addressed include diabetes, heart disease, obesity, autoimmune diseases, poor gut health, and fertility. Dr. L also has a very popular sports nutrition program. Get started today. Book an appointment at EagleRock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Or call 908-764-9062. 908-764-9062. Let Dr. L develop a personalized health plan that's right for you. Eat right with Laura. Most services are covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private health insurance. The Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, or ETT Women, is a support network to help female entrepreneurs grow their business. Founders Vanessa Coppice and Lynette Barbieri share their vision of mentoring women to achieve their personal and business goals. Members attend live or virtual meetings as well as their annual conference, The Power of Connections, scheduled for November 3rd to the 5th at the Holiday Inn in Clark, New Jersey. This year, in partnership with Theodora Sergio, president of Nicholas Pools and a recognized industry leader, we've created an incredible agenda and lineup of speakers, including Fox 5 News meteorologist Audrey Puente, ABC Sports anchor Laura Benke, editor-in-chief of Bella Media Group, Courtney Hall, and Elizabeth McLaughlin from the Gaia Project for Women's Leadership. Our conference objective is to elevate participants' lives and businesses by empowering them with effective personal and professional development resources. You may register for the Power of Connections conference at our website, ettwomen.com. That's ettwomen.com. This is Ray Zardetto of the New Jersey Chamber of Commerce. 2017 is the centennial anniversary of Fort Dix, one of the most iconic military installations in the United States. And this is Paul Rotello of the New Jersey Broadcasters Association. Fort Dix is now part of Joint Base McGuire-Dix-Lakehurst, the only military base in the United States jointly run by the Air Force, Army, and Navy. The Fort Dix centennial is a perfect time to remember what the Joint Base contributes to our state. The Joint Base has moved more than 1 million people and 620,000 tons of cargo around the world. And the Joint Base has trained more than 700,000 people from all military branches as well as government agencies. And after Superstorm Sandy, the Joint Base supported hard-hit communities and more than 100 relief agencies. The New Jersey Chamber of Commerce will celebrate the Fort Dix Centennial on Thursday evening, October 26th at the Park Chateau Estate in East Brunswick. If you'd like to join us, go to njchamber.com or call the NJ Chamber at 609-989-7888. This message sponsored by the New Jersey State Chamber of Commerce, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and the station. Broadcasting live from the Hilltop Nissan Studios, Classic Oldies, WMTR Morristown, a Beasley Media Group station. Welcome back to Eat Right with Laura. My name is Laura Rakos, and our show, our sound advice show tonight is about fibromyalgia and chronic pain. Um, so we were just talking with our co-host and guest, Dixie Lincoln Nichols, who is an expert in liver detoxification. And uh, if you're ha- if you uh, just joining us, let me introduce the topic to you. So fibromyalgia and chronic pain, what are the root cor- causes largely from the accumulation of toxins in your environment? And, you know, another manifestation that I see in my fibromyalgia patients is profound, profound allergies, like year-long allergies that are just debilitating. So if you fall into this category, if you suffer from fibromyalgia, uh, all year-long allergies that are absolutely debilitating, chronic pain, why don't you call in and share your experience or ask us a question? The call-in number is 973 
9732672767wmtr that's 9732672wmtr so while you've got Dixie on the line now is a great time to ask her a question about your your experience with chronic pain and fibromyalgia or your experience in uh, detoxification which is the best way to get rid of the root cause of your chronic pain so Dixie are you still with us yes I am here very good so um I have, I have all year long to talk about my detoxification program at Eagle Rock Nutrition. So why don't you tell, tell my listeners what are some of the strategies that you use to promote elimination of these toxins from the body and maybe even like how long it typically takes? Okay. So typically, uh, a good deep- a good thorough detox takes about 28 to 30 days. Some people, depending on their level of toxicity, can do a 14-day detox, some a 7-day detox. But I always recommend going the 28-day detox route. That way you know that you're giving your body a good boost. So uh, detoxing is actually the process that the body utilizes to remove toxins from the body. It changes uh fat-soluble molecules, and that's how they enter the liver, into water-soluble molecules, and so they can leave body forever. Now, like I mentioned earlier, there are so many types of toxins, endogenous toxins. Those are ones found in the body. Exogenous toxins, those are ones uh, in the environment. We have environmental toxins like the pesticides and the herbicides you mentioned. Uh, food toxins, don't forget, your legumes and those peas and beans that you like so much sometimes have toxins on them like phytic acid, uh, toxins from bacteria, and toxins from drugs that we utilize. And that can be street drugs or medications, even can cause toxins to accumulate in the liver. Now, the liver is our primary organ of detoxification. And it's a beautiful organ that does an amazing job of detoxing. However, what we found is because of all these types of toxins that exist, the liver is under stress. It's overloaded, and it needs additional support to do the job effectively. When the liver is functioning well, it is detoxing well, and it does a whole lot of good for your body. So I feel like I always feel like when people understand biochemically what's going on in the body, they're more apt to make changes or to acknowledge that their body needs additional support. Couldn't agree so with you this, more. <laughs> right? I know that's how it works for me, and it's, it works that way for a lot of my clients, which is why they come to me to talk about detoxing. So detoxification happens in two stages, liver detoxification one, stage one, and liver detoxification stage two. So when toxins enter the phase one of liver detox, it usually is as a fat. And by the time it leaves after phase two, it is a water-soluble molecule that can go out through your urine. It can go out through bladder action, bowel action. It can go out through the gallbladder, through your skin, via perspiration, etc. So during liver detox one, there are certain ingredients and certain vitamins that are needed for this process to happen smoothly. And the B vitamins are absolutely integral for this. So if you're not getting enough B vitamins, do take a supplement or get yourself used to having whole grains. They're really, really great for the efficient processing of liver detox stage one. So the B vitamins, folic acid, antioxidants, uh, Vitamin E and vitamin C are all really critical for phase one liver detoxification. When you get to phase two liver detoxification, there are also another set of vitamins that are absolutely important, vitamins and minerals, and also amino acids and sulfur. So the best group of vegetables to utilize for efficient detox too is what we call the cruciferous vegetables. And some of you might know what they are, and there are tons of them. Kale, collard greens, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, uh, maca, and, uh, green watercress, radish, wasabi. Just Google 
cruciferous vegetables and you will see the list come up and it's a very 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 great way to help support liver detoxification in stage two now once that happens and we're just saying here once that happens if it's happening the way it's supposed to Detoxification happens and these toxins are broken down into their water-soluble uh, parts and then they, they leave the body. However, the problem that we're seeing is that the liver is unable to detox effectively because it's like a, a highway with traffic on it. And so many toxins are coming into the body. Toxins from uh, the list that I just spoke about in all different forms, and the liver has to prioritize. The liver has its own toxins that are made by the body, estrogen being one of them, and cholesterol. And when these other toxins are coming in, like from the alcohol and from the herbicides and the pesticides and, and the medication, the liver is prioritizing which ones to detoxify first. And so they're detoxing the ones that are from the outside, the exogenous ones, and they're leaving the ones that are found on the inside or created on the inside. And those are being recycled back into the body. And so the liver is so jammed, it's so congested that people begin to exhibit a lot of symptoms like skin problems and fatigue and adrenal adrenal fatigue specifically. And so the only way you can really combat that is by supporting the liver with regular detoxes. And, you know, you can do a small detoxes initially, and then later on you can do, like, say, every six months, you can do a 28-day detox. Right. So, so if, the, if, if the liver is dealing with all those toxins and the liver is the main site of cholesterol synthesis, is that the reason why? So when the liver has a lot of toxins in it from exogenous sources, is that the reason why people get elevated cholesterol levels? Because the liver is just, you know, it's just accumulating so much cholesterol because it's dealing with all the other toxins instead of, you know, you know, getting the, the cholesterol out of the liver. And also, um, you know, when the liver is just so distracted with exogenous toxins, is that the reason why we get fatty liver, that the liver accumulates triglycerides and, you know, you see non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? Yes, yes, absolutely. It is because of this toxic overload uh, that cholesterol is being recycled into back into the body. Now, cholesterol goes in initially, and it is slightly changed. The form of the cholesterol is slightly changed in liver detox phase one. But when it gets into the middle of the liver, and it can't go forward into phase two because it's so backed up, it can't just sit there. So it's released back into the body, and it begins to accumulate. Now, what happens is that the and there is some argument out there about whether or not and I'm just saying argument because this is under um, this is being studied whether or not cholesterol itself has anything to do with heart disease we know it has something to do with it but if the way in which they say it is affecting our heart is really the way it's happening um, it's believed that the valves, uh, heart valves are damaged and cholesterol acts as a, a sticky substance that grabs the whole of, um, th that tries to repair basically that damage and that's how it accumulates and causes problems in the blood. Now that's still under debate in terms of, you know, why people are having heart-associated illnesses as a result of cholesterol. But nonetheless, cholesterol is absolutely accumulating in the blood, and it's there because of the fact that it's not being detoxified. It's not getting to phase two, and it's not being turned into a water-soluble substance to leave. Now, cholesterol is a great anti-inflammatory uh, substance. We need it in the body. But the thing is, we don't want cholesterol to stay in the body as cholesterol. We want it to change into one of our hormones. It's the basis for our steroid hormones or our sex hormones, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. We want it to be converted into one of those uh, sex hormones. But again, because of the congestion that's happening, it's not even getting the opportunity. Yeah, it's also a precursor to vitamin D. Yes, exactly. So you see the problem that's happening here. It's, it's just, again, it all stems from the congested liver, which we can absolutely take care of simply by giving the liver the love that it needs through the foods that we eat. So what does your typical detox diet look like? Like what would you be eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? 
okay, so I I am a juice lady and I love juices. So for me, for breakfast, I have a juice every morning. And so it always has very alkalinic fruits in it, celery, cucumbers, kale, and some of these uh, brassica family vegetables that I spoke of, like the collard greens or the kale, the broccoli, uh, and I will put those in the uh, the juice, the extract the juice, and have that for breakfast. And then I'll have something like um, whole grain, again, because of the B vitamins that we need in phase one detox, the whole grain support that. And then for lunch, some uh, some beans. Beans are absolutely important. Legumes are great for the body, so brown rice also as well. Um did you mention though in the in the legumes? Did you mention though mm-hmm. the phytates that bind like key minerals? Um, yes. But I mean, you know, um, um, you know, I, I don't pull back on something good. You know, all anything that really is plants that we're talking about, I really try not to dissuade my patients from eating them uh, unless I do a full health history and really deem them to be unsafe for this patient. So, what do you have to say about the phytates and legumes? Well, you know, the citric acid is a toxin, we know that, and the best way to get rid of them is really simple. It's by soaking them. That's it. It, It's absolutely essential because guess what? It's filled with protein, and we need protein for uh, liver detox phase one. It's a part of the phase one ingredient listing that we need to have in our uh, cupboards, right? Right. So. It is recommended, but simply just soak them. That's it. You soak them for um, seven to eight hours. If you're doing lentils, if you're doing uh, split peas, if you're doing red beans, soak for about between, I would say, six and eight hours. So just put them out overnight, and that gets rid of the coating of phytic acid that can be so dangerous to the body. All right. And where do you stand on, like, fish? So a lot of the toxins are coming from heavy metals like mercury. We know that some fishes are really high in mercury. So if you're doing a detox, do you recommend eating fish or not recommend eating fish? No, I recommend staying away from all meats if you can. Yeah, definitely stay away from meat and stick to plant-based. Yeah, if you, it's 28 days, um, again, and if you can't do 28 days, then you do 14 days. And instead of doing it every six months, you can do it every four months. You do a 14-day detox. That way you don't have to stretch yourself to 28 days to try not to eat any type of meat. But, again, it's to, you know, it's just to give your body a boost. It's to give your liver the boost that it needs. And by putting in meats and uh, even fish, you know, a lot of times we're told that the fish is organic, but we don't know for sure because the, the water is filled with mercury. And we don't want farm-raised because the farm-raised uh, meat has coloring and food dyes. And, again, that's toxic to our, our bodies as well. Right. So, um, so... I'm just going to recap. So fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes. And since we're on the topic of whole grains, in your detox program, where do you stand with gluten? Okay. You know, gluten's gotten a very bad rap and for very good reason for some people. If you find that your body is, and again, we know our bodies best. If you want to figure out whether or not you have a gluten intolerance, stop eating eating foods with gluten in it for about 14 days. I would say no less than 14 days. Abstain. And then start putting it back into your diet and see how you feel. Some people have no problems digesting foods that have gluten in it, and then some people do. But I didn't even know that my body was, you know, fighting gluten because I was so used to it until I stopped eating it and then tried eating it again, right? So, again, if your body is okay with it, then be okay with it. Yeah, that one simple test is that's that's all you need to do, you know, stay away from it. You have to work really hard to stay away from gluten because we actually put gluten in things that you would not expect to find gluten in, you know, like like soy sauce, right? So, and and you're absolutely right. Gluten is a protein. There is no a priori reason why we should be sensitive to it. But because we process our foods, gluten is a protein that traps 
moisture and air mm-hmm. and so makes mm-hmm. ba- baked goods very palatable and so right. people eat more of them so we tend to add gluten to things that don't really need it for example like rye bread is something that has very very little gluten but we find that in packaged rye bread that we buy in the supermarket it's soft and fluffy because we add right. extra wheat gluten so we've basically right. overdosed on gluten and now here we are with a sensitivity to gluten because we can't digest of it because there's just so much of it in our diets. Uh, So what are some of the other things that you stay away from during your detoxification program? Like where do you stand on, you know, tea and coffee and caffeine? Oh, okay. (laughs) And some of you may not like to hear this, but definitely not caffeine. You've got to stay away from the caffeine. Tea is good, but you want to do like uh, green teas, uh, which are good for you. Uh, Caffeine, you want to stay away from alcohol. But don't green teas have caffeine? So are you suggesting caffeine-free green tea? Yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. You can do caffeine-free. There are so many teas that you can get that are caffeine-free, so I would suggest doing that because some people just love their teas. And, um, yeah, it's just very difficult for them. So uh, the meats, like I said, stay away from, I would stay away from gluten as well because it's a good opportunity to really test your body to see if you are really sensitive to gluten. When you, when you stop taking the gluten for the 14 days or the 28 days, when you do go back to it, if your body is acting funny and strange, then that's a good indication that it's not something that your body really is comfortable with. And so you can make the decision whether or not you want to stay away from that. What about uh, like sugar and honey? Like, is it okay sugar? to have a little bit of honey? Well, no. It, it, again, it's always best to stay away from anything that can disrupt the liver functioning. It's for it's for a period. You can go back to it after, but you want to stay away from it during the the detox stage, during the detox process. So stay away from the sugars. Stay away from uh, any type of meat. Stay away from alcohol of any type, even wine. Right? I know a lot of people I hear from, well, wine is not alcohol. Yeah, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who would say that? And even, I know. Wishful thinking. say that. I'm like, they don't see wine as alcohol. So many people I've spoken to like, oh, it's not that bad. Also, the neutral sweeteners, I want to caution you, these are, n- they're not great. They come as gimmicks and they, they're supposed to replace sugar. But it's not good. And that includes uh, aspartamine as well and oh. because it has aspartamine in the sh- sugar sweeteners. So stay away from them. Oh, yeah, definitely abhor any artificial sweetener, any, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or, and any creamer, even if it's non-dairy. So, and, and also, where do you stand on dairy? Yeah, definitely stay away from the dairy as well, oh. uh, especially, I mean, again, some people don't consume organic dairy, but and some people do, but stay away from any type of dairy Period. Yeah. So no ice cream, no, no almond milk. You, well, you can do almond. It's not. It's just. It's not dairy. So you can do almond milk, which is good. It's a good tasting uh, alternative. Uh, do you have a recommendation on a brand of almond milk that's? Because um, a lot of the almond milks, I think, have some carrageenan in them, which is, you know, carrageenan is something, it's a seaweed that we actually inject to the joints of, of rodents to induce rheumatoid arthritis in animal models of RA. So uh, do you have any brands that you can recommend? You know, not off the top of my head. I usually, I, I go down the organic aisle and I just, I buy a, I just, I get a milk that organic and so i usually don't look to see if it has any of the um of the carrageenan in it I can't really tell you that one. Right, but you you know what? I have seen really great videos on Facebook on how to make your own almond milk. Looks pretty simple to me, as far as I could say. As far as I could tell, you're just soaking the almonds in water and then just grinding them. Exactly. And you can do the same thing with coconut milk if you want to, Um, even though the almond milk is way better than the coconut milk. But if you feel like you have to have, you know, something creamy, you can do coconut milk. It's easy. You can grate the coconut and you can extract uh, and you can just squeeze it in a cheesecloth. 
you put water in the coconut and squeeze it. So you, you can put it actually in the Vitamix and you blend it up until it's like really smooth and then you use a cheesecloth and you strain the milk and you can use that as well. That's yeah. Great oh, and since you mentioned almond milk, uh, what, what, what do you recommend for like nuts and seeds? Oh gosh, um, definitely almond. Almond great. Sunflower seeds is amazing. Uh, let's see. So in my detox, we definitely stay away from peanuts because of the aflatoxin. No, no, no. never peanuts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we stay away from the aflatoxin. Not everyone is, sens- is sensitive to aflatoxin, but that is the root cause of a lot of problems in our kids. So right, pecans are great. Walnuts are awesome. Um, Brazil nuts are really good, and Brazil nuts, uh, you can find them in your organic aisle. Uh, pumpkin seeds, another amazing uh, uh, seed, and that is great. And so with magnesium and zinc, which is also something that's very scarce in our soil nowadays, and our bodies need zinc, and our bodies need uh, copper and protein, and you can get that in pumpkin seeds as well. Sunflower seeds, uh, another great one. So, yeah, I would say that sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, uh, Brazil nuts, almonds. Yes, Brazil nuts, nuts are very pan. high in selenium, so very good for your yes. thyroid. The zinc is very yes. good for your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, you know, I, I may recommend a zinc sup- supplement in some cases, but copper is interesting. So I do nutrient density analyses for my patients, and I right. would say that I have never found a deficiency in copper in any one of my patients. As uh, important but have that you one found is. That's awesome, but have you ever found deficiency in zinc? Because I have so many people yes. complain about that. Like, yes. There's zinc in the soil. And my thing is, if there's, not, if there's deficiency in zinc in the soil, then how is the plants and the, and the vegetables that we eat going to have zinc? It, it's not on a lot. So then you have to turn to things like uh, oysters and beef. Right? Yes. Zinc. But the men is best. Yeah. Yeah. All those bottom feeders very high in zinc. Exactly. Yeah. Must be something in the bottom going on there. All right. And then, and so, and then the last question uh, about your, your instructions for your detox. Any, any guidance on, um, vegetables or fruits to stay away from like some of my patients that are sensitive to say uh, citrus fruits or grapefruit or oranges uh, and corn we stay away from corn because corn is uh, one of the main crops that's genetically modified Uh, I stay away from soybeans or soy because soybeans are genetically modified so during your detox what do you tell your clients uh, about uh, you know those categories and other things that I haven't mentioned (laughs) Well, you know what? You're right. Anything that's genetically modified should not go into the body during detox. It shouldn't go into the body, period, much less uh, during a detox. And so, again, it has to be, you have to have the will to want to do it because there is so much. I tell them, you know, you can replace some of these, you know, these things with alternative herbs that are really great for you. And so, like, milk thistle and uh, adaptogens are great. Things like ashwagandha and rhodiola and, and, and ginseng and licorice root and donkwai and, and skullcap and holy basil. I mean, these are all herbs that serve the body as opposed to um, uh, things that don't. So I, I, I usually do recommend these herbs instead for them to turn to as opposed to uh, anything else that's not beneficial. Oh, man, I wish I asked you about herbs earlier. So we're um, getting that one-minute warning. I swear that one-minute right, warning right, comes right, so right. quickly. We really need to... so much to talk about, really. Oh, my goodness. You're right, right. So you sound like you have an awesome detoxification program. So why don't you tell us about your... Um, just uh, tell us about your um, your new business venture and what it's called, the name of it, and what it and how uh, our listeners can contact you. Right, right. Well, um, in terms of detoxing, I see people on a case-by-case basis. Um, I don't have a program for a, a, a group of people. It's just on a case-by-case basis. If it's something that I feel is, is too difficult from my level of expertise, then I recommend them out to somebody. Maybe I'll recommend them out to somebody like Dr. Laura, right? Um, and my business is called Inside Out of Beauty. I have a podcast. It's a resource where uh, women can... Uh, 
it's it's a website where women can obtain resources for healthy living inside and out. And uh, in January, I'll be launching what's called the Inside Out of Beauty Market, and the focus is going to be on products that are align with our principles, and our principles are purity, efficacy, and transparency. And so we have a huge list of banned ingredients that we will Well, MK is going to cut, cut you off, so you're going to have to tell store. us how to contact you. So how do we contact yeah, you? How contact do we find you? On Instagram, on Facebook, Inside Out Beauty. That's it. Inside Out Our Beauty. I love, and I love Dixie's Inside Out Our Beauty podcast (laughs) and everything. So find, go find Inside Out Our Beauty and connect with her, especially if you're interested in doing a detox next week. Join us next week when I'll be talking about cancer. Beat cancer before it beats you. So good night, everybody. This is Laura Rocco's. Uh, Find me at eaglerock.com. Paleo, gluten-free, ketogenic, eating for your blood type, and the list goes on and on. There are millions of fad diets out there, but what really works? Did you ever consider consulting an actual doctor? That's why you need Dr. L. Dr. Laura Rocos at Eagle Rock Nutrition is a food scientist with over 30 years of experience helping people improve their health. Eagle Rock Nutrition is a healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle guidance for disease prevention and health maintenance. She will help you use diet and exercise to improve your overall health and fight disease. Conditions that may be addressed include diabetes, heart disease, obesity, autoimmune diseases, poor gut health, and fertility. Dr. L also has a very popular sports nutrition program. Get started today. Book an appointment at EagleRock.com. That's E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com. Or call 908-764-9062. 908-764-9062. Let Dr. L develop a personalized health plan that's right for you. Eat right with Laura. Most services are covered by Medicare, Medicaid, and private health insurance. The Entrepreneurial Think Tank for Women, or ETT Women, is a support network to help female entrepreneurs grow their business. Founders Vanessa Coppice and Lynette Barbieri share their vision of mentoring women to achieve their personal and business goals. Members attend live or virtual meetings as well as their annual conference, The Power of Connections, scheduled for November 3rd to the 5th at the Holiday Inn in Clark, New Jersey. This year, in partnership with Theodora Sergio, president of Nicholas Pools and a recognized industry leader, we've created an incredible agenda and lineup of speakers, including Fox 5 News meteorologist Audrey Puente, ABC Sports anchor Laura Banke, editor-in-chief of Bella Media Group, Courtney Hall, and Elizabeth McLaughlin from the Gaia Project for Women's Leadership. Our conference objective is to elevate participants' lives and businesses by empowering them with effective personal and professional development resources. You may register for the Power of Connections conference at our website, ettwomen.com. That's ettwomen.com. At Classic Oldies WMTR, we not only play your favorite sing-along songs, but we also fill you in on all the New Jersey information you need. Our morning team news updates keep you posted on everything happening in our state. Less stress traffic reports highlight the roads you use right here in New Jersey. How will the weather affect your plans? WMTR's Eye on Weather will let you know the best sing-along songs of all time and the local information you need. Keep your AM dial on 1250. New Jersey's oldies authority, WMTR. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Rocco's are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. The preceding sound advice program was paid for by Eagle Rock Nutrition. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the staff, management, and advertisers of WMTR. It is always advisable to consult a professional before making a major medical decision.